0: just fun to watch. (laughs) It's like almost every good movie we've ever seen, like all these scenes go through our head, except one. Except one. Last night, uh, and this had nothing to do with our series, but Susie has been wanting our kids to watch for a long time Chariots of Fire. How many of you have seen Chariots of Fire? All right. So that could have been another scene. And what's interesting about Chariots of Fire, so many of the clips that we just watched at the end, they're all running away from stuff, right? right. But in Chariots of Fire, he wasn't running away from anything. He was running after something. He was pursuing it with all of his heart. I love this quote, Eric Little, the runner. True story. I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I sense his pleasure. Isn't that awesome? And so he pursued a gold medal and he got it, but even more so, he pursued God with all his life. In that story, was just a taste of how he honored God with his life. So here's what I want you to think about. That's what we're gonna talk about today. Last week, we talked about running away. Today, we're gonna talk about running after. What in your life do you pursue? What do you go after? What do you run after? What gets your attention? And you are saying, I'm going to go after this until I find it, until it's mine. So I'm going to share a story with you. Sorry, uh, 12 years here, I have shared this story before. For those of you guys who have been here a long time, I'm sorry, I'm going to share it again. As I said before, I only have one life, and so these are the stories I got, all right? All right. But for those of you who are new, um, back when I was in my 20s, I'm from Michigan originally, Dan Ross and I, a good buddy of mine, we decided to come out here to the west. And so we rented, I think it was a Buick LeSabre. All I know is it was a boat. We actually slept in it half the time. It was big enough, right, to come out here. And we did a 24 non-stop hour trip out here. We just kept driving and sleeping, and, 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 and we finally made it to Yellowstone. And when we got to Yellowstone, <clears throat> we're driving around, it's beautiful for a Michigan boy, it's like unbelievable. And, uh, but Dan and I, we would love to be adventurous, right? We had this whole adventure with God thing going on. So we actually drove our car into the depths and got away from all the trails you were supposed to ride. And we're looking up at this mountainside and we, just, and we looked at each other and we just said, hey, let's not do one of these trails. Let's go where no man has gone before, <laughs> right? And so that's what we decided to do. We just took off and we just totally bushwhacked it up this mountain. And we got about halfway up, and I'm gonna blame it on the ele- elevation because, of course, I was in shape. But uh, I was dead. I was so tired. So I just said, Man, Dan, I need to take a break. So I laid down for a little while, got my wind, and then we said, Okay, let's go for it. And we went all the way to the top of the mountain to kick off the day. It was fantastic. At the top, I pull up my camera, right? I've got all these lenses, and I'm shooting this unbelievable panoramic scene. And then we make it all the way back down. Great morning. Get to the car, ready for some breakfast by now, right? And I go, and I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Dan, do you have the keys? No, Dave, you had the keys. Dan, I don't have the keys. (laughs) And he goes, well, maybe we're in the car, right? So we look in the car, and we're going all up. Nowhere to be found. We couldn't find the keys. So now what do we do? This is, I'm old. No cell phones, right? <laughs> this is before cell phone time. Couldn't just call somebody to come out and help us. We're like, oh, my God, we're out in the middle of nowhere. First of all, we're going to have to find somebody. Then they're going to have to drive us into these tiny little dinky towns. We're going to have to find, what, a locksmith? What's, what good is that going to do? He's going to get us in. We still don't have a key. We're going to have to... Uh, it, we started thinking through every option. This was our vacation, man. We drove all the way out here, and as soon as we got out west, I lose the keys. I am feeling so horrible. And then we both stand there, and we look at the mountain. And we're like, you know what? They're up there somewhere. And I just looked at Dan, and I said, let's go for it. So we did, we hiked all the way back up the mountain, found the place where I had laid down, because I figured maybe when when I laid down they fell out of my pocket. We combed right next to each other, every bit of the area came back and forth, no keys. So then we look at the top, and I said at the top, I pulled my camera lenses out, we gotta go to the top. We make it all the way to the top, everywhere I stood to take pictures, looked, combed the area, no keys. I'm like, okay, Dan, let's go back down. Let's try one more time in that middle spot. So we, we look all over. This time we're split up. I'm standing over here. Dan's over there looking. And finally, I just sat there and I go, okay, God, you know where these keys are. And I'm just asking you, please, just be gracious. Really. I mean, I'm so, and actually, I was serious. You know where they are. Lead us. I look over and Dan's just pointing to go down to the mountain. So I'm like, all right. So I... I walk over and I get to him, and actually he was going, and there were the keys sitting right there. <laughs> Is that not awesome? I found a pair of keys on the side of a mountain. That was unbelievable. Man, we were screaming and hollering and yelling, made it all the way back down, and it was, it was uh, one of my best stories. It was my best God, he's real. Now you know. <laughs> if you ever wonder, you know that's my apologetic. All right, so why do I share that story with you? There's three things that, we, that, that come out of this story for me that I'm hoping you can think through as we go through today's message. Here's the first one. You have to believe, Dan and I had to believe that finding those keys was worth going back up that mountain. And it was. When something is that valuable to you, you will pursue it. <laughs> And that leads me to my second point. You'll do stupid stuff. You will do crazy stuff. You will do things that are far beyond anything that you would normally do. I am not gonna scale a mountain to its peak twice in a morning. But to find those because it was valuable enough and worth it enough, I did. And here's the third thing, is the second time I went up, I had way more energy than I did the first time. The first time I had to take a break and lay down because I'm tired. The second time, man, when it was something that was worth it and it was valuable and I'm being a crazy man and we're going for it, there is energy that comes inside of you and you can go for it. Okay, let me ask you, what are you pursuing? What's worth it to you? What's worth it to you? Here's what we're talking about today. talking about your life. And every one of in you, every one of you in here, is pursuing something. <laughs> something has your time. Something has your focus, something has your energy. And you're, see, the reason you're pursuing that is because you believe that this is going to be the thing that's going to give me my life. Now here's my question. You made it somehow here to church this morning. My guess would be that some of you are wondering, is God worth it? <laughs> Is he something that we should actually pursue? Is Jesus Christ real? And if he is, is he worth my pursuit? And I love that song, man. We've got a long way to run. (laughs) And I know for all of us, we have a long way to run with Jesus. Well, here we go. Look at this. 1 Peter chapter 3. Peter's actually quoting Psalm 34, but he says this. Whoever would love life and see good days. Can I just ask a question? How many of you would like to love life and see good days? All right? So here we go. Would that be worth it? Yes. What crazy stuff would you do to be able to love life and see good days? You're doing it right now. And would it per- energize you? He goes on. If that's what you want, then you must keep your tongue from evil and, tur- and your lips from deceitful speech. You must turn from evil and do good You must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Okay, so we gotta soak that in. See, here's here's what he's saying. You have a choice. You have a choice. Either you could have God's face against you (laughs) or you could have his eyes fixed on you and his ear attentive to your prayer come on which one do you want i mean we have the god of the universe sitting there saying i will fix my eyes on you and put my ear ready to listen to everything that you say and paul is saying a similar thing and this is why we're doing the series we're doing this series called Run because in, in 2 Timothy, if you want to open your Bible, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20, in a completely different illustration, Paul is saying God is ready to make your life honorable, esteemed, valuable to him. Okay? Here's the verse. You can look it up in our, if, again, if you have the K2 app, just download it, um, pull it up, all of our notes and scriptures in there. 2 Timothy 2. In a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use. Set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So flee, evil, uh, so, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness faith love and peace so flee the evil evil desires flee those youthful passions we talked about this this was last week's message if you didn't hear it again you can grab it on our website and listen to it but why well, why would i want to flee this stuff why youthful passions youthful passions make me feel good that's what youth do it's like what makes me feel good right now bring it on and he's saying hold on you got to flee from that stuff Why? Because the Lord is against those who do evil. He's saying that's what's dishonorable. See, when you're doing stuff, when you're saying no to me, here's what God's saying. When you say no to me, and you aren't eager to follow me, and you're devoted to other stuff before me, he goes, I I love you. I want to use you. You're precious to me, but you don't say yes to me. And so it's a vessel of dishonorable use because God's like, man, I have great plans for you, but you won't let me do them. But the opposite is, you can pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. And he says that's honorable. He goes, When you seek peace and pursue it, my eyes are on you, my ears are attentive to you. So if you want to see what the Bible's saying, if you want to see good days and love life, then be honorable. Be someone who's completely devoted to God, say yes to Him, and have an eager heart. Even this morning, I don't know how how's your heart. Because here's, here's what I'm saying, if, it's, if you're here this morning and it's like, yeah, I'm like ready, man, I, I believe God's here and he wants to speak to me and scares me, I don't know if I want to hear him or not, but I do, okay? So pursue him. Here's the definition of pursue, to run swiftly in order to catch a person or thing, to run after, to press on figuratively of one who's in a race, who's running swiftly to reach the goal. So, here's how I'm going to unpack this today. If you open up your Bibles again, if you want to, or uh, turn to Philippians chapter three, and I'm going to unpack a little bit about how the scriptures tell us to actually pursue Him. Because again, here's the issue: last week we talked about running away, but we realize that most of us don't run away correctly. (laughs) We don't know how to run away spiritually to the point where it's actually effective in our life. And I just want to say the same thing. I really believe today that most of us don't know how to run after either, really, spiritually. So we've got to learn how to run after because if you can run away correctly, if you can run after correctly, you've got life, baby. You've got everything that you need, and God is ready for good days and to bring you life. And it's going to come as you've come after him. So here we go. Philippians 3, Paul says this. Not that I have already attained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on. That's the word right there in the Greek that's the same word for pursue. I'm going for it until I get it. That's what that word means. And nothing's going to stop me. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on. I pursue. I run after the goal to win the prize, baby. There's a prize, y'all, for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, here's what's interesting about that passage, though. Look at this, it's all these pronouns. He's like, I press on for this and that and it. It's like, well, whatever that and this and it is must be worth it because he's pressing on, taking hold of one thing I do, which means focus. He's straining towards it. He wants it more than anything. What is it? Philippians 3, right before it, he answers, look at this. Whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss For the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage. (laughs) Everything else was just garbage compared that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness, important, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. And I will press on, and I will strain towards what is ahead. I will focus in, I'll forget everything else. Paul is saying, you guys, it is worth it to know Christ. Okay? And I just want to tell you man, that what is it? That this this And um I oh, got four things I want to say at the same time. You ever had that happen? <clears throat> what is it to know Christ? It's the collision. For those of you who are in December, it's the collision of heaven and earth. It's that in Christ, right now, it's possible in him to have no chasm at all between earth and heaven. See, almost every human being is living down here on earth, struggling through, thinking that maybe there's something better, and someday maybe I'll have it. But in Christ, this was Christmas, he said, you know what? I'm getting rid of the chasm, and I'm bringing heaven and earth together inside of you. That's what it is to know Christ. He's in me. (laughs) He is. And I'm in him. What what in the world does that mean? Well, what Paul says is, I want to know Christ. But that's how you know anybody, you guys. See, the only way that you can actually know somebody is you have to let him into your life. So to know Christ means you let him into your life. And the more you let him in to all your relationships, into your marriage, into your parenting, into your work, into your recreation, into your dreams, into your hopes, into your failures, into your shame, you gotta let him into every part of your being. And as you do that, you know him because you see how he acts towards you now. But that's only half of it. To really know somebody, I don't want him, it's not all about me coming into my life. It's like you actually have to engage in his life. A Christian is someone who's not only is Christ in me, I'm in Christ, and Christ is so passionate about loving the world, and he reveals to that by the way he walked when he was here, and then he puts his spirit inside of me, and now I'm in Christ, and so now I do the things that Christ does, and that's how you know him. You gotta let him in, because then he totally ministers to the deep parts of your soul, but then you gotta join him by faith, and watch what he does. It's crazy. This is what, and I'm telling you, this is what, the only thing I want to say to you, this, the last thing I want to do is get to heaven someday and have any of you who attended K2, the church, not know that the only freaking thing that matters is that you know him. That you know him. That's why we changed our mission statement Because we want to invite you and equip you, every one of you, to live out the adventure of following God. He is not that interested in you coming here for an hour and then going out and not following him. There's going to be no life in that. But he is so interested in meeting you today and empowering you to know him. Jesus said that's life. And it's yours, baby. It's yours. So why follow him? Because when you follow him, that means he's actually Lord, and you're not anymore. A Christian is not somebody who does their own thing, like Kip Gerdes told us a few weeks ago, and asks God, hey, come in and just bless what I want. A Christian is someone who's received Christ as Lord, and it means we follow him. And what's the cool thing about that is when you follow him, all of a sudden, God's stuff gets done instead of yours. (laughs) Come on, anybody want some supernatural stuff instead of what you've been purchasing or producing? See, this is why all of you are so intrigued by Jamie Winship because Jamie really, Jesus really is his Lord, so he follows him and he does whatever God wants him to do so he sees supernatural stuff. And now all you women are wanting to come to our men's event because you want to be around a guy, right, who's actually following God. There's something inside of that. But here's the cool thing, too. Not only do you see God's stuff get done, He's in you. When you follow him, you're in God's presence. Some of you, some of you are going like, well, how come I don't have joy? I go to church. How come I don't have peace? How come I don't have love? How come I don't have inner strength? And some of it probably is because you're not following him, even if you're a Christian. So here's what we got to get at, man, to be honorable, to find your life and to know Christ. You've got to run away, but now you've got to run after So here's what, in this passage, here's what Paul says. You gotta run after righteousness, faith, love, and peace. But here's, for for a week and a half, I feel like God's been telling me something really clearly about today to, to, to share with you. Because here's the issue. My guess is most of you have been trying to do those things. Most of you, you're probably good. How many of you say you're a good person? Okay, three of you, we need to really pray. <laughs> Lord, move powerfully. No, everybody likes to say we're a good person. Everybody's trying to do the right thing, right? Everybody's trying to love. Everybody's trying to have peace. Even if, you know, you're, you're nervous and scared to death with what's going on in our country, you're trying, and it ain't working. So somehow when Paul says, well, just try harder, be more gooder, be more righteous, be better at loving It ain't working. So he means something different. What does he mean when he says pursue, run after, get it until you catch it, till it's yours, righteousness and faith and peace and love? He said, follow Christ. I want to know Christ. See, Susie's always here for service. Why so does always go like that? When I wanted to pursue Susie, when I met her, and I wanted to pursue her, I started to learn things about her. I found out she's a major rock climber, right? Like her exercise was bouldering. That's all she would do, right? She just go along. I'll never forget, like coming up behind her one day and grabbing her arms and going, "Holy crow, this chick could take me down!" <laughs> And then, and then I found out she's a writer. She's a phenomenal writer. And I knew that she worked with college students. Okay, so if I want to know Susie, what does that mean? What do I do? Well, I got to start rock climbing. Is that right? I need to start writing. No. I need to get to know her. Now, here's what's interesting with God and with Jesus, Right? Some of you are trying to do what he is and you're failing miserably and it's very exhausting and it fills you with shame. And you're like, this is Christianity? Forget this. I don't need this shame. I don't need this guilt. Well, here's the deal. Jesus said, quit trying and start trusting. He said, because I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life, and so what I wanna share with you is I believe with all my heart, here's what we need to know today, so that we run after, pursue correctly. To run after righteousness is to run after Jesus because he's righteous. To run after love is to run after Jesus because he's love. To run after peace is to run after Jesus because he's peace. See, that's why Paul says, I wanna know Christ because he's everything else that I need, and he's the only one who can give it to me. He is those things, and now he's in me, and I'm in him. So as I follow him, he gives me those things. I receive them, and now they become a part of my life. The number one value here at K2, number one, is we have to learn how to receive. And this is why most of us don't know how to run because we're running thinking, I gotta do it, and Jesus is saying, you're never gonna do it, that's the point, that's why I came. You come after me, and you let me give it to you, and then by my spirit inside you, you'll start doing it. unbelievable. All right, so let me just show you this in scripture real fast. Number one, run after righteousness, right? Philippians three. But he says, be found in Christ. Not, look at, not having a righteousness of my own. No! quit trying to prove you're something. And instead, one that comes from the law, but that which is through but instead one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. So, to run after righteousness then is to run after Jesus because that's why Paul says I want to know Christ So what does that mean to know him? I let him into my life. Well, Christ is righteous. You guys, ah, I can't even get into this, but this is the gospel, right? What are you gonna do when you die and you stand before God? Seriously, what are you gonna do when you die, because you will, and stand before God? Are you gonna go, God, look how righteous I was? Any of you putting your bet on that one? Can I just suggest don't, right? Or are you gonna receive His righteousness. See, I'm going to stand before God, according to Scripture, and he's going to look at me and go, dude, I don't see a thing. He's going to call me dude. Isn't that fun? (laughs) I don't see a thing. So now I receive his righteousness. I'm made right because I received Christ and no other reason. But then I get his spirit. So now that he's in me, I got his spirit. And guess what his spirit does? He now gives me a new heart that wants to do right things want to before? I want to now. Why? Because I pursued Christ, and Christ is in me, and Christ is righteous, so now I want to do right things. Number two, run after love. 1 John 4. Dear friends, since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, look at this, God lives in us, and his love is made, look at that, his love is made complete in us. Verse 19, We love because he first loved us. So Paul says, run after love. Okay, well, why do I do that? Run after Christ. Run after Christ. Because when you know Christ, you let him into your life. You know what happens when you let Christ into your life? God pours his love into your hearts. And now finally you are loved by a being who's not basing his love on your performance. He's the only one ever. Ever who knows everything you've ever done and loves you crazily. He's the only person who will never leave you and never forsake you. So once that love gets poured inside your heart, Christ is in me, oh my gosh, I'm free. Yes, and you know what else? I'm free to love. Because now it's not about me anymore. He set me free and now his love is in me through the power of his Holy Spirit. I know Christ, he's in me and I'm in him so now I love everybody. So you see how this works? It's Christ. Number three, his peace, run after peace. Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ. See, not yours. Hey, quit, start being peace, see, peaceful. No, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And then look at this, Ephesians 2. For he himself is our peace. What does that mean? It means when I ran into Jesus and I pursued him and I let him in, I want to know Christ, then all of a sudden he totally made me at peace with God. Totally. I'm completely at peace with God. Well, as soon as that happens, you know what? When you get treated that way, now I want to be in Christ because I want to know him and he's a peacemaker, now I don't have to judge any of you by in your behavior because he isn't judging me by my behavior. So now when I get into a situation, instead of causing conflict, I can actually come totally humble because I know Christ and Christ is in me and he's peace. And the peace of Christ rules in my heart because we're called to be peace. See how this works? It's Christ. So now the question is, how in the world can this happen? How can I have his righteousness and his peace, and his love. To run after those things, you guys, the only way it happens is you've got to run after faith. You have to run after faith. You've got to pursue it with all your being. You've got to say, I'm going to get faith in, in, no matter what it takes. But again, as I'm going to show you in a minute, it really means you run after Jesus. But before I hit that, listen to this. Why? Why does the Bible say the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love? Did you guys hear that? So you know what doesn't count? All your religious efforts. And Wrong answer. None of that. You're going to get up there and go, well, I do. the Bible says that. People stand in front of Jesus. Well, didn't I prophesy in your name, and didn't I do this in your name, didn't I do that in your name? He goes, get away from me. He goes, I never, oh my gosh, what do you say? I never, I didn't know you. You were out there doing all your junk trying to show how righteous you were. Made you proud, better than everybody else. Or made you ashamed because you weren't. He goes, I'm not into that. Why is faith the only thing that counts? Because faith is what causes us to rely on him. If you don't have faith, you can try to be a good person on your own. Why does the Bible say, without faith, it is impossible to please God? Do you guys hear this? Without faith, impossible to please God. Why? Because if we're not living by faith, we're relying on our own intelligence, our own independence. We like to say we know what's best. Can I just tell you something about Faith. Faith doesn't speculate, argue, and decide for yourself if God's ways are right. This is where many of us are struggling and why you're not experiencing the power of Christ in your life. It's because every time God tells you to do something, you know what you do? You get together and you go, okay, all right, let's pray about this one. All right, let's, let's get together and decide if what God is telling us is really the right thing to do. Right. So God's so clear like no sexual stuff outside of marriage whatsoever. Okay, yeah. Well, let's let's talk about that. Let's debate this. Because I bet you I bet you we know better. God, you don't understand me, man. You know, I, I I got needs. I got desires. I got longings and I know you want me to make me happy, right? And so so I don't think that's what God meant. See how this works? So now what are you doing? See, you're trusting your intelligence and your wisdom to decide if it's of God or not. And this is why he says, if you are so mature that your wisdom gets it, you're probably not saying yes to God. Instead, Jesus says, unless you become like a little child, he goes, you will never enter my kingdom. What's he saying? He goes, unless you totally trust me, you'll never follow me. Why is faith the only thing that counts is because if you don't have faith, you're still your own God. You still decide what's right or what's wrong. And that is dishonorable to God. He isn't God. Something else is. What you desire, what you want. You don't say yes to him. You argue with him. you constantly ask, him, you know, fighting with God, can I talk parenting, right? Because that's what happens. It's like, I don't, so I don't trust you. And so this is why faith actually matters. We walk by faith and not by sight. Hebrews 12, 2, and here's the key thing, right? Actually, actually, throw that, take it off. Okay, here we go. Remember what Paul said. I want to know Christ. So, what does that mean? That means I gotta let him into my life. But here's the cool thing about Christ. He is the only one ever who always listened to his dad. He is. He is the only one who walked this planet and always said yes to his father. And so here's what's cool. Now you can throw this up. Hebrews 12.2 says this. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of faith. Here's what's cool. You're never going to even follow God that great. So what do you need to do? Like, how can I follow God? Well, here's the thing. I need the only one who's ever followed him in me. So here's what happened. When I pursued Christ and I asked him to come into my life, you know what happened? He did through the power of his Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit always says yes to God. The Holy Spirit isn't arguing with his dad. The Holy Spirit is going, what'd you say? Yes. Immediately, can't wait to follow you. And then you know what happens? You live like Jesus, and Jesus changes the world. You live like Jamie Winship, and supernatural stuff starts happening. Because you walk by faith. But the only way you're gonna have your faith perfected is you gotta have Jesus Christ inside of you because he's the only one who actually trusts God. And here's what's awesome. Then, once you get him inside of you, you totally receive that and you trust God. Now, you'll do whatever he asks you to do. And so now you're in Christ. And you get to be a chance to be a vessel of honor. He looks at you, you guys, to walk by faith as someone who's devoted to God, who says yes to God, and who's eager to do whatever he wants to do. And God says, oh, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. That is honorable. And I will esteem you, and I will value, you will be so valuable to me. Let's do this thing together. Let's do this thing together. So here's all I want to say. Last thing on this one. What is faith? And here's the truth. Faith without action is dead. It is. Jesus doesn't care what you say you believe. He knows what you believe by what you do. So when you say no to him, you literally are saying, I don't trust you. Isn't that right? I mean, when God asks you to do something and you say no to him, I all you, me, all of us. We're simply saying, I don't trust you. And God's like, okay, so uh, what do I do with that? (laughs) Can't use you. But if you trust me, you'll do what I say. Here's what's interesting. How do you walk by faith? Here's your, let me equip you, okay? Very simple. You do what he tells you to do. There's no way to get around it. I can't get around this one. Faith without action is dead. I'm gonna lead you in a little exercise here in like 45 seconds. Here's what you need to do. Your application for today is God is asking every one of you to do something. Or he's asking every one of you to stop doing something. And as soon as you obey, you believe weird. That, if you, if you believe, you will obey. And at the same time, it's when you obey that you believe. <laughs> There's no way to get around it. And if you will be that type of person, 2017 will see God's stuff done in your life. And you will follow him And his presence will be with you. And it is righteous. It is love. And it is peace. And there's not one of you in this room who can't have it. Okay? So as I close, would you guys do me a favor? I'm just going to try to lead you through a real quick exercise. Just go ahead and just close your eyes. Just put your head down. I'm just going to have you think through a couple things here with me. The first thing to actually have something happen here today is um, tell God the truth about your faith. Tell him where you don't trust him. Tell him where you're struggling. Tell him if there's something that's unrighteous that you're doing that you know is not God's way. Tell him that you think you still have to be good enough to, instead of trusting in his righteousness. Tell him you feel like, God, I don't know, I don't think you love me. Tell him that. If you're struggling to love somebody, tell him that. I don't love this person. If you're anxious and worried and full of fear this morning, tell him. Tell God the truth about what is in your heart. And now, simply ask him, God, what do you want me to know about what I just shared with you? I bet the first thing that came into your mind is actually what it is. Don't debate it. Don't question it. Don't rationalize it. Receive it. God, what do you want me to know? So that I can follow you. And what do you want me to do? Jesus, Here's what I know, according to your word to us, every one of us in this room, you have plans for us for 2017. And you wanna lead us. You are ready to make every one of us an honorable vessel. And I'm asking that you would pour grace and mercy on every heart, that they would receive your grace, the power of your Holy Spirit, to actually walk by faith. And to trust you. Lord, may you do that in all of our lives. We want to know Christ. Be in us, Jesus. Be in us as we seek to be in you. And I pray, Lord, you do supernatural stuff in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, um, this next moment is really important. Did you guys know worship isn't like K2's idea? Worship is actually God's idea. He knows in these next few moments, if you will actually sing these words to him, they will have effect in your heart, okay? In this first song, you're gonna be able to say, you are good, you are love, you are light, you are hope, you are God, and everything else I'm letting go. See, that's what you gotta say. Worship gives you a chance to declare those true things about God, right? And then to have your heart go, yes, I trust you. Okay? And so we're going to take our offering while we do. We're going to do that because that's worship too. This was God's idea too. It's not K2's idea either. (laughs) We like to do what God says. That's cool. God's idea was to say, hey, I want to develop within you a heart that trusts me. Money is the hardest thing for every human being to trust with God. But if you'll take a step of faith and do what he says to do, which is give him back just one out of the 10 that he gives you, he goes, your heart will come alive, man. You and I will be tight on this one and you'll be free. So let's stand together and let's worship him with song and with our offerings and let's have God's presence in this room meet us powerfully.